Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish, and in this week's episode, we recap Chris's trip to New York, and I am working on making a pretty big life decision. Uh, so, I A, I had an idea or a thought, and then B, uh, something totally off topic. Have you seen, it's like a six second video. Do you know what I'm referring to when I say, uh, it is Wednesday, my dudes? No. Okay. So that's something really dumb, but you know when something gets stuck in your head and, uh, and then you can't stop saying it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just been saying <clears throat> it is Wednesday, my dudes, all week, and it's because of this, like, it was back when Vine was a thing, so it's it's just a six-second video, so it won't take you long at all. But directly after this, you should just look up it is Wednesday, my dudes. Uh, I did a photo shoot recently with uh, somebody that drove down from Phoenix, and he had the um, the McDonald's jingle stuck in his head. Mm-hmm. So the entire shoot, he kept going, ba-da-da-da-da. <laughs> but there's this really uh, bizarre YouTube series I watch called Jake and Amir. Mm-hmm. And it's just two guys talking across from each other, across their desks. And Amir is usually the dumb, dumb one. He's just like this idiot and, and just has no uh, self-control over anything. And he just says the weirdest, craziest things. And then Jake is like the the straight edge, the straight man that bounces mm-hmm. off this craziness. But in a particular episode, uh, like I think maybe six out of like the thousand episodes that they've made, they switch the roles. And those are pretty funny to me. What do you mean switch the roles? Uh, Jake becomes the crazy, silly oh. one. And then Amir is like the one that is the only one that makes sense. Oh, gotcha. And there's an episode where I think... He was Jake was wearing a muscle tee, mm-hmm. and so he kind of turned into this douchebag. <laughs> and he was like this insecure guy wearing a muscle tee. He's like wondering if he should wear a muscle tee or not. <laughs> but he, he made this really bad joke about how all the ladies love him now because he's wearing a muscle tee. And he he added the word snatch to the McDonald's jingle. What it goes ba da 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 da. I'm loving snatch. <laughs> and it's like this douchey guy in a muscle t-shirt singing this song so uh, on that photo shoot day I should probably cut the story out every time that guy was going I would just scream out I'm loving snatch I'm loving snatch <laughs> and it was I thought it was funny that's funny that is funny I think that's funny <laughs> well anyway so uh, comp- that was my completely unrelated then I also had an idea so, uh, remember the other week, might have been last week, don't really remember, uh, when you were considering the possibility of opening up video so that we could get like promo materials. Uh huh. I was thinking, it doesn't really make sense to do that um, for, it doesn't really make sense to do that so much for our regular episodes because those are pretty much just like talking heads. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to really get anything that's visually interesting. Right. So I was thinking we um, we uh, could instead, uh, like, plan out a set amount of, um, like, specials. Like, remember how last season we would do stuff like, uh, well, also most of last season I lived in Tucson, so I guess that was different. But... Um, but we would do stuff like uh, like certain special episodes that were kind of unrelated or might have been related. But for, do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, well, we would do like sets and we would do. Yeah, exactly. It's like so if we do those and we plan those out in advance, then I can come to Tucson and we can do those like specialized episodes. And from those, we can like get visual content as well. OK, because that that might actually be something worth, uh, you know like watching <laughs> okay i see what you're saying yeah because i think that would make more sense if we were doing that like and uh and there was some some content that was of interest as opposed to uh just our kind of like 
uh, weekly topic discussions and stuff like that, because that probably doesn't have it's like not going to be interesting for someone to watch me sitting in my apartment. <laughs> right. I was thinking about that, too. I was thinking maybe it might uh, be more like a quote video. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe that's, that's another idea. an idea with uh, animated text or something. Yeah. People love the quote videos. Yeah. So I, I like I like the idea. I think we should follow that up with more thinking. Yeah, just like pick some dates um, and uh, like, you know, we could do another. Did we do a Christmas special last year? We, I think we were drunk in the library. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. So it's like we can plan for another Christmas special this year and get drunk in the library. <laughs> um, that's not a bad idea. Or we can rent a theater and watch a movie and record it. That'd be kind of cool. Or just go into a. Wait, are you saying like we mystery science theater, a actual live theater? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure off of this premise, we can just keep <laughs> shooting off concepts. The um, I know the guy that runs the screening room downtown, so it's uh, probably achievable. Uh, I'm into that. It's a tiny theater, but it's the perfect size. No, yeah. I mean, that's, that's perfect. Let's just... Uh, Mystery Science Theater Lagan. Oh my God. For 19 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Intermission. <laughs> yeah. But that, that those have some good ideas. I, I like what's, uh, I like what's happening here. But yeah. So cool. Ideas are good. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we'll follow that up, uh, off show with some actual dates like i'll uh run through and uh but yeah what's new with you i just got back from a trip to new york oh yeah that's right i saw that i was there for two and a half days and uh i i've i've been to new york for work before but not in this like not i've been there for fun once and work like four times Mm -hmm. and when you go there for work it's a bunch of uh staying at a hotel walking around the building and then going back to the hotel. Yeah. Uh, this time I was staying in Brooklyn and Bushwick and I was meeting people in Manhattan and at the piers. And I went to the statue of Liberty and I went to this, uh, theater show off Broadway Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of walking and subway rides. And I was, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that uh, I guess we don't really think about, but it's kind of the same thing um, when I go to Holland, because there's really no sense in owning a car in uh-huh. Holland, just like there's no sense in owning a car uh, in New York. Although yeah. definitely doesn't, uh, it's kind of not the same because it's not, Holland isn't nearly as uh, metropolitan, mm-hmm. but like everybody literally just rides a bike or walks everywhere because either it's like close enough that you just, well, you know, why would you drive? You just walk or you just bike to the next city over because everything still is so close together because it's, you know, uh, 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 Western Europe. Uh-huh. Um, so I remember the last time I was there, I was like, why do my quads hurt so much? And I realized it's just because I was like walking everywhere. So probably cu- accumulating like miles a day and then also biking everywhere. So my legs were just kind of aching because in general, all I do here is I drive from my home to work or my home to the gym or, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm very rarely putting in that much distance. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I, um, I planned the trip. So I would show up at six in the morning on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Cause thinking I could, that's a full day now. I don't have to worry yeah. about it. But I had two bags with me, a bag for my camera stuff and a bag for my personal stuff. And I couldn't check into my Airbnb till three o'clock. So I'm carrying both these bags all day long. Walking. I was doing some photo shoots. I was doing some sightseeing all day long with these two bags. And it was driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to deal with. And uh, I uh, was listening to podcasts a lot because you're sitting in a tiny you're standing in a tiny space on a subway train, not staring at anybody, and you're just listening to stuff in your ear pot, AirPods, because that's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was listening on this podcast that uh, iPhones have this health tracking app that's always on that you don't know about. Yeah, there was something about that when I uh, just updated my phone. There was something about that. Yes, yeah, the health app. 
And they're like, oh, it tracks your steps for you. You don't need a Fitbit or anything. Your phone does it. <laughs> and so I looked, and that, the first day I walked like 11 miles. Wow. And uh, I do not get my 10,000 steps a day. I'm a very out-of-shape person. <laughs> and I looked at the day before, I got like 800 steps in. And the first day in New York, it was like 27,000 steps. Wow, yeah, so a perceptible difference. Yeah, it was, and it was two days in a row of that. So I'm, all, I'm still sore from the trip. Damn, yeah, yeah, that's nuts. I, I can imagine like your calves and your quads would just hurt from that. But it was, it was fun. I got to go to the Statue of Liberty. Cool. Because it's from uh, the scene in my favorite movie of all time, Remo Williams. <laughs> There's that chase on the Statue of Liberty while they're cleaning it. <laughs> And so I, I was late to whatever I thought I was going to be late to, but I, I apparently wasn't late. So I was like, I'm going to be late for the ferry. So I'm just going to go get breakfast somewhere. And I walked to the closest place, according to the phone, to get a bagel because it's New York. Right. And I found this place called Leo's Bagels. But on the way to walking to Leo's Bagels, I run into, I run into this guy named Patrick. And Patrick is a director from Ghost Adventures. Wait, wait, wait. You run into a person that you know in New York City? Yeah. And I walk did- up to him and I go, hey, Patrick, it's me, Chris uh, from Ghost Adventures in Arizona. And he was <laughs> trying to avoid me. He was like walking faster away from me. Oh, my God. And like his head was down. He's like, I'm not going to deal with anybody on the street today. Yeah. And so I've, like, I've had to stop him. And he finally looked at me and he's like, oh, hey, it's Chris. What's going on? <laughs> and it was... He's like, I'm walking to the office. I'm just going to go walk in to edit an episode I'm working on. So then he invited me up to their uh, New York office to go see where all the magic happens. Wow. And I just thought that was the craziest thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's crazy that you, uh, it's, first of all, it's crazy that you actually ran into somebody that you know in a city that you don't live in that's mostly known for being populated by like a million people. I think it's like 8 million people. Uh, even even better yeah it's like it's known for being really crowded (laughs) yeah um so first of all that's crazy but then actually getting to see the inner workings of uh like his day-to-day that's pretty cool too uh the the building wasn't that cool yeah there's 8.6 million people in new york good lord new york city yeah i'm good no need for that and uh the office wasn't that fancy. I mean, it was downtown. It was in Manhattan, but it was just, you know, there. Uh, but it was cool running into people I knew. And then I was able to, like, remind everybody I exist. Yeah. So, so if they wanted to, if they come back out to Arizona and I was able to solidify my statement last time that I'm willing to travel, they want me to travel. And they seemed really excited about that. And it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome just running into someone randomly. Yeah, you can become a regular on Ghost Adventures. Fingers crossed. And then eventually over time, they work you into the cast and you have to pretend to be surprised every time something doesn't happen. Oh, I only work on the reenactment crew, so it's uh, after the fact. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's gotcha. either before the fact or after the fact. That's actually weirdly um, even better because I feel like it would be kind of frustrating to get like... Unless, I, I mean, and I don't want to pull back the curtain, I guess, too much on the show, but uh, unless they specifically knew what they were trying to get for that day, you would end up having to spend a lot more time, I feel like, if you were doing the uh, at the time of shoot. Well, what they do is they do pre-interviews with uh, people that reside at the residence or work at the place that's haunted. Uh-huh. And then uh, the producers go and explore it, and then everyone does all this pre-production work. And then they go in and interview the people and then they lock themselves into the building to see what happens. Mm. And they have all the equipment, all the EMF or EVPs or I don't know what all the equipment's called. (laughs) Ghost equipment. And they're also uh, like they've been doing this for so long. They're kind of sensitive to paranormal activity like themselves personally. Mm hmm. And so they have this, uh, they bring this energy to the place where if things happen, it's, it, it hits them more so than it would a, a person that's not receptive to that paranormal yeah. activity. Yeah, sure. 
And so the thing that I work on with the re- re- reenactments are when they tell stories, we recreate those stories with actors and mm, and props gotcha. and stuff like that at the actual location. So it looks similar to the story being told. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so hopefully uh, hopefully that, that uh, pays off. Fingers crossed. Hell yeah. Sweet. Well, I... Uh, hopefully have something coming up myself are you going to new york (laughs) no no i would never elect to move to new york i I mean if i got the career of a lifetime i would but i think i could i could live in new york for a year before i said i could never live in new york but now i think i could i don't know it just seems like such a big hassle it's uh not a big hassle though once you get over the fact that you're not going to have personal space anymore (laughs) And, yeah. you know, you you have to sit next to someone on the subway or you have to stand next to someone. Mm-hmm. I went to the movies yesterday and uh, somebody sat right next to me at, in the movie theater. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? We're in Tucson. There's yeah. always like two seats between everybody when you go to the movies here. Yeah. Uh, There's no need for that. But it was a smaller theater and it was a big movie opening up. So I, I understood what was going on. Mm. What movie was it? Uh, the new Rambo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, just saw this trailer. This is a total aside, but I just saw this trailer for this movie called Knives Out. Knives Out with uh, Captain America. Uh, Yeah, Captain America, James Bond. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, the mom from The Sixth Sense. The mom? The the one who got hit by a car? No, the mom that was Haley Joelsman's mom. Oh, Sixth Sense. I was thinking of signs. Oh no! I don't know why I was thinking. I, don't think I don't she's know. In signs. I was. I was like, how would you know who the lady who got pinned to the tree was? She was like in the movie for all of a minute. I thought M Night Shyamalan was pinned to the tree in Signs. No, M Night Shyamalan was the guy who hit her with the car. Oh, wasn't he pinned to something in another movie? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I think he was a security guy in Devil. He might have been pinned to something in that. Her name's uh, escaping me at the moment. Uh, Mom from the Sixth Sense. Um, Tony Collette. Uh, yes, 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 yes. The one from Hereditary. Yes, and yeah. uh, Michael Shannon. Oh yeah, he always looks like a bad guy. Uh huh. Like in anything he does, he constantly looks like he's doing something fucked up. Anyways, uh, saw that trailer. Uh, super into the concept of that movie and it made me think of uh, murder mystery night because i was like yeah that's a murder mystery story mm-hmm. it's perfect yeah i have mixed Anyways. feelings about it i don't know how to feel about that because it's i don't i'm i'm on the fence about the director who's the director his name's ryan johnson he did brick he did looper and he did the last jedi mm, to be honest i don't like any of those movies so like Brick, I understand it was like one of those movies that's supposed to be over stylized, and in this case, like over stylized dialogue. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it wasn't really over stylized in terms of um, CGI or like saturation of colors or effects or anything like that. But it was definitely like that was their intent with the the whole. Uh, what am I trying to say? The whole dialogue thing, uh-huh. right? It was definitely uh, you know film noir. Yeah, like it was purposefully like that. So um, I I don't know if I it, it kind of distracted me from the story, and I just didn't like care about it as much as I, I probably would have if not for that. Um, Looper just has that one major problem with time travel, which you can ignore, and for the most part, it's like an interesting wa- or like a fun enough watch. Uh-huh. You know, if I, if I'm not thinking too critically about it, then it's just like. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's all right. Um, and then The Last Jedi, I watched that just recently in Durango, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. Um, that one, uh, I forget who made this point, but I can't take credit for this, but somebody made this point. It was kind of like, uh, it's kind of like what my problem is with Game of Thrones. Have I talked about this already? Uh, I don't think you've talked about Game of Thrones. Okay. So, um, everyone go ahead and hate on me. I think Game of Thrones is kind of a crappy show. Uh, I mean, really excellently, probably 
produced and really excellently acted in, I suppose. Um, but for me, it just became too much about them. Like, and, and you can't say that I didn't give it a shot because I watched five seasons of it. Okay, so it's like, no, I, no, but eventually it just got to the point where I knew what was going to happen in the show because it's specifically what wouldn't happen in any other show. You, you know what I mean? Like they purposefully made it like, oh, yeah. And it just became this this rote sort of thing where it's just like, yeah, we're going to get uh, a real positive trend going in the first five episodes or four episodes of the season uh-huh. and then they are just every the last three to four episodes of each season because it was hbo i think there was only like 12 episodes in a season or something something like that maybe eight or nine um uh but the last ones are just going to be all bad shit happening constantly and and that's just how it went for five seasons and then from what i understand of the story for the remainder of the series that's how it goes for the rest of the seasons as well uh with exceptions of the last one of course uh, so, uh, and everyone shit on the last one because they were like, oh, there are no consequences for the good guys. It's like, yes, but don't you realize there were no consequences for the bad guys for this entire show? Like you are illustrating exactly what was dumb about this show that like everyone was mad that, you know, so many people got off scot-free in the quote unquote battle of the bastards. Like they're like, oh, there was no consequences, whatever. It's like, yeah, don't you get it? Like you guys completely made this show like that because they they wanted they enjoyed the benefit of this whole like no one is safe on game of thrones type thing but now of course they got to wrap up this last season so they can't do that they can't kill off the what little characters they have left Uh you know what i mean so it's like the show is just kind of it was predictable it was just all boring shit and then at the beginning and the end of the season they had to just like force a bunch a bunch of stuff to happen in order to keep stuff moving. But then in the middle, it was just all boring, like, who cares oh. kind of stuff. So, so that was my problem with Game of Thrones. And it kind of, that was sort of reflected with uh, The Last Jedi. Because it seemed like everything that he thought, so I guess Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson, yeah. Ryan Johnson. It seems like everything that he thought the audience would think is about to happen, he wanted to subvert and do the opposite. So, you know, she uh, hands Luke Skywalker the the lightsaber. He just chucks it. Uh, you know, uh, you think that uh, when – what's his face? He's going to um, – what's his name? Uh, Adam Driver. Uh-huh. When he's he finally comes around and he helps her fight off all these bad guys, you think like, all right, they're on the same side, whatever. And then he goes because that's what happened with uh, Luke and and Darth Vader, right? Like he comes around and helps him defeat the real evil, even at the cost of his own life because he can't kill his own son. But then he Adam Driver goes back to being evil. Right. You know, he like he purposefully just made everything the opposite of what you thought was going to happen. Uh And so eventually like you only have to get halfway through the movie to figure that out. And then it kind of becomes like, all right, this is getting a little heavy handed. My take on the last Jedi was it's, it's kind of like uh, the second uh, empire strikes back. The mm-hmm. it's just basically that movie again. It's all about failure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like uh, the, all those plans with the different ships and we're going to decoy this, but then do this and whatever. And they're just getting like caught at every turn. Exactly. But the, the thing about the last Jedi that I don't like is that all the decisions made by the characters in the movie, even though they're supposed to all fail. And I understand that, but the decisions they made and the way they went about it made me hate the characters. Yeah. Oh yeah. It made me want to not root for the resistance. Yeah, th- this this whole thing where Carrie Fisher's keeping a plan secret or something or like that that whole thing I was just like what the fuck is even happening? No, here? Uh, Laura Dern was keeping the secret. Is that the Jurassic Park lady? Yes. Okay, yeah. Somebody somebody was keeping a secret and it just bothered the shit out of me because it's like, well, that's not how you execute a good plan, but whatever. But like the the bombers at the beginning, it's like, why are you wasting all the ships? I'm like yeah, I I didn't get it. And like everything about the whole the whole plans for everything just did not make sense to me and it made me oh, yeah. not like anybody and that's what I don't like about the movie. Mm. Well, this gives me pause about Knives Out because I like the premise, I like the trailer, I like the idea because it's it's a locked room mystery, who doesn't love those? Um, but I guess I'm not a fan of any of those movies you just listed. 
So, but who knows? I mean, it could be good, but it could also yeah. be uh, really bad because maybe the guy's kind of cocky. And he's like, I can do whatever the heck I want now. I made Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Well, that's uh that's a bummer or a possible bummer could also be a triumph, but uh, we'll wait for my review, I guess, after October. <laughs> um, so I have, uh, I, I, I kind of wanted your opinion on this. Uh, and this is ultimately at the end of the day, I'm kind of making a, a decision, but do, do you, uh, how do I f- phrase this? Do you ever feel like uh, confused about what mentality you're supposed to be using to be quote unquote successful. Uh, uh. Maybe I need to elaborate. Um, so I constantly find that I have like two sides to myself and one of them is kind of in that, that mode where it's like, you know, uh, don't complain, don't quit, like just keep working really hard because eventually it'll pay off and you have to like go through quite a bit of suffering before you can like before you reap any rewards and all that kind of shit. Right. Uh And like that keeps me, you know, like I want to be motivated and constantly like working hard and all that kind of shit. But then at the same time, there's the part of me that recognizes that the number one, uh, deathbed regret is uh i wish i didn't spend so much time at work and then number two or one of the it's at in the top five at least i read some dumb listicle about this uh number numbers two through five or one of them anyways is uh is i wish i had done something that really mattered so in that kind of regard it seems like happiness and fulfillment are more important than just like banging your head against a wall and grinding things out and working really hard. So I'm kind of confused as to which of those directives to be following. And that kind of makes me approach my like work strategy from multiple angles as opposed to one effort. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you ever feel that way? Like, like imbalanced or, or like you don't know which one of those things to follow? I, uh, I often wonder, I think, uh, I think for me, it's more of a, I'm kind of attempting to chase a dream Mm -hmm. and this uh, like unachievable dream where the odds are not in my favor. And how long am I going to be running this race and how long should I, you know, like I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but it's kind of rough at the same time, but it's still satisfying. Yeah. Or do I get comfortable? And kind of just like settle into something that's safe and easy. Yeah. And so those are the two things I juggle with. Mm, so it's it's kind of along the same lines, but it's more about like, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same the same dichotomy because it's it's uh, sacrificing now for future happiness or current happiness now and ambiguous future. Uh huh. I guess it always is that dichotomy. Well, anyways, this kind of came to a head for me uh, because uh, I've been, I guess to give background history, it's like I've been or I am being currently pursued by this other company that is really kind of in line with what my interests are, okay. which is weird. Uh, well, not weird, but I guess it's uncharacteristic or un- it seems uncommon to me because I've been starting to get kind of depressed that like I don't think anything out there is is my thing. And I mean, not really, but in the in the regards that like, well, outside of uh, opening up my performance institute and doing stuff like that, it's like I don't really know if there's anything else that I actually am interested in, which is, you know, I mean, either a that's funneling me into something that you know i should put all my energy into or b that's uh anyway like like maybe that's it's uh it's like the like the grass is always greener you know what i mean maybe i'm just making something out to be better than it would be or i'm making it out to just like as a fantasy Uh uh-huh you know what i mean 
But anyways, so I found this that, or I didn't find this company. This company found me, and it's actually really in line with uh, kind of things that I'm interested in, specifically uh, behavioral neuroscience. Uh, they, they work with a lot of PhD neuroscience uh, people, and like, but then it's also like really targeted towards coaching and helping people live with more uh, what is it, purpose, passion, and clarity, or something. That's their uh, mission statement. Okay. Uh, and so they've been pursuing me and I was, you know, into it. But then when things came to a head, they actively wanted me to, uh, they've officially given me an offer. Ooh. And when that happened, I, for some reason felt a little reticent and I, and I realized why that was, it's because my annual review is coming up with Axon and I keep thinking like, like they kind of do this carrot stick thing with me where I keep thinking that I'm going to get something I want and they keep giving me just enough to keep going. You know what I mean? And, and I guess just to give background on that, it's like I quickly became the top performer in my department. Like people know me as a subject matter expert, even though I haven't been there as long as most of the other, most of the other people. And so I keep thinking I'm going to get this opportunity for explosive growth and really become a thought leader and like have some impact on the business, which would then teach me how to run something myself. And that just kind of never happens. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have a conversation with them uh, when I went through my mid-year review because they said all this. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of verbal tippage? Yes. <laughs> Was that a yes with a question mark or just a yes with a statement? Yes. <laughs> so verbal tippage is basically when uh, you're a server or a bartender or something like that. And uh, people are always talking about like, man, that was that was really great. The food was so good. The experience was great. You know, whatever. Like you're so you're so cool, blah, 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 whatever. And then they tip you like five percent or something like that. OK. You know what I mean? So it's like they gave you all this praise and how great their experience was. But when it comes down to the actual like dollars and cents of it, they didn't give a sh give enough of a shit. Uh -huh. And that's kind of how I felt at Axon because I, you know, they I had my mid-year review and they were just like, man, you've got a lot of runway here. Like you're quickly developing to one of our star people. Like we have all these plans, blah, blah, blah. But then when it actually came down to it, um, I, I said I wanted to have a formal conversation about my compensation, and they kind of stonewalled me. And then again, I you know spoke with my manager uh, just two weeks ago or something like that, and I was like, hey, look, you know, I know our annual reviews are coming up, and you know, I really want to be a part of this company, and you know, whatever, uh, and I feel like I've been doing good work. Uh, but I'm being pursued by other places. Can you, uh, you know, like I know nothing is certain until we get our budgets and we get everything aligned. But what is the plan? What what is kind of the the like, what are we moving towards? What am I moving towards? Like that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And I kind of got stonewalled again. And mm -hmm. the reason for that was because a previous employee who uh, shall remain nameless, uh, uh, she uh, or he. Uh, 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 basically did that like held them hostage saying i got another offer uh so i need to be paid more here whatever and then at the last second they retained him or her and uh and now they have buyer's remorse because that person wasn't a quality person uh-huh they just like thought that they needed them uh and to be honest most of that was because they thought that i was leaving but anyways so so they thought that they needed this so now they have a policy like we don't we don't negotiate. We don't do that. And so I kind of got stonewalled in me, you know, requesting like, hey, what's the plan? Like, you know, whatever, even though I wasn't even looking for a firm number. And also, I think it's important in life in general, but also in business that you know how to handle different situations with different approaches. Because sure, you don't want every employee to think that they can just be just say, hey, I've got another offer. Pay me more money. Yeah, of course, you don't want to do that. But with me, I'm coming to you and just wanting a conversation. I just want to open up a dialogue and, you know, do that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it just it just didn't pan out like that. But for some reason, I was, uh, you know, thinking like, all right, maybe I won't take this new job. Maybe I'll ride it out because I realized that in that way, I'm the worst kind of gambler. Because instead of looking at a sure thing, which was a company that fit really well, and it would be more money and they believe 
much more in a work life balance as opposed to my current job where I'm constantly doing overtime uh-huh. and like constantly doing that shit. Uh, they actually are pretty firm on a work life balance and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and there seems to be like more room for, uh, growth because while it's risky because it's a late stage startup, like obviously it's not the same security as like a full, uh, a full, uh, like publicly traded huge company like right. where I currently work. But at the same time that offers you the ability to like in that ambiguity, you can really grow your career and jump a whole bunch of steps. And I kind of told him what my goal was to kind of be a subject matter expert and a consultant and all that kind of stuff. Yada, yada. So I don't know. There were all these positives going for it, but for some reason I'm the worst kind of gambler because I was just like, Oh, well, Axon hasn't shown me whatever their, uh, end of year review thing looks like for me. So I kind of want to see what's behind door number three. Uh You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why, because you should take the sure thing, right? But why are you, why are we, or maybe just myself, so appealed to the mystery of it? Like what could be behind that door? Uh It's like, I should just take the sure thing. But anyway, so while this is all happening, the other company uh, sends a gift to my house that's um that's you know just to say thank you because the their interview process was about like a month long wow it took a long time yeah but uh they send a a present to my house and it's all stuff like they it seems so weird to say this but it's like they must actually either know me somehow or they um have good researchers or they their employees are all people who are like the same type as, as of person as me uh-huh. because in it was, uh, this book that is actually on my Amazon list. Whoa. So, so I was like planning on buying that. And then there's, uh, this special kind of coffee that I'm into and like stuff like that. So it's all like really targeted things. Interesting. Yeah. And so I was kind of curious, like I haven't, I haven't, um, heard back from them because they told me, you know, take the weekend and everything like that. But I was kind of curious. It's like, did you guys like, like really look into my social media and figure out who I was as a person or is everybody in your office kind of like me or what's the deal? Uh huh. But it was kind of crazy. Like uh, it, it was all just stuff that I would be and like this, uh, notebook and a pen and I have a bunch of notebooks and pens. Like that's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was, it was just weirdly targeted. Um, but yeah, and, and throughout this process, they've been, you know, connecting me with lots of other people at their office and being like, oh, why don't you talk about advancement in this area and advancement in this area and all this kind of stuff. And I only recently, like on Friday, came to the conclusion, why do I feel compelled to, because I'm not necessarily happy at my job currently. Uh-huh. It's like, why do I feel compelled to keep doing that? And I think it comes from that dichotomy I, I discussed earlier, where it's like in a, a lot of the messaging out there right now, particularly to like entrepreneur types and whatever, is like, oh, you're just going through like suffering right now, but don't quit. Just like keep pushing and you'll get what you want. And I think that for some reason I was like really internalizing that, like the obstacle is the way. And, you know, just because I'm unhappy right now and I'm not getting the results that I want out of this that honestly I feel that I deserve, you know, oh, that's, I I should just keep pushing, keep going. But how do you know when, you know, it's like when it's time to go, I guess. Right. I mean, that goes to that saying, you know, uh, the the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Or however that goes. But at the same time, someone could be standing somewhere else and you, they could think that your grass is greener than they, the grass that they have. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, but where are you standing right now? You're standing in a pile of, of dew right now and you're, you're smelling it. Right. And it's, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, there's nice grass everywhere, but I'm, I just stepped in dog poop and I'm, you know, I can wipe it off, but I'm still going to smell it. And why am I here? <laughs> yeah. And there's, exactly. no, there's nothing wrong with, you know, walking to the other side of the park and seeing what's happening over there. It's, um, I think what it might be for you is, uh, the commitment part of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can make a commitment to this, but what if it doesn't work out? What do I do after that? 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's I, I didn't even have to explain that part because I don't think I even really like in some ways I can't even identify that that's what it is. But yeah, it's it's essentially my anxiety about already. What if that doesn't work out? Uh huh. And that and that precludes me from so much stuff. Yeah, you should um, just be more in the moment and just realizing what's happening right here, right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure because you've been thinking that way uh, for a very long time, you have a, a nest egg to where if something were to go wrong, you'd be fine for a month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two definitely. months, I, three I, months, you I, know. Uh, <laughs> Two months, now one month. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but just, uh, just, just uh, maybe take a... Uh, Give yourself a six-month time frame where you just allow yourself to be in this moment and not worry about the future or what's coming up or anything like that. Just like right now, right here in the moment, what would be best for you? Mm-hmm. And what do you think that would be? Well, I mean, if I have an opportunity where I will be in a higher up position so i'll be learning more i'll be kind of stretching a little bit uh-huh i'll be making more money i'll be getting closer to an eventual end goal because they have consultants on staff that they like it, they were like if you want to learn how to do that like how to read overviews and how to read stuff and then give this kind of advice and like make a strike team to do all that kind of stuff they're like that's what we do that uh-huh. we can teach you. We You can learn how to do that. This is at the new so place. Yes. So if it's more in line with what I kind of think I want to do, it's more money and there's more learning opportunities. I kind of feel like it'd be dumb not to take it. Right. I think so. <laughs> you just, you were talking about suffering a little bit ago. Yeah. And how, like how entrepreneurs, you know, they have this roller coaster ride right. in their career, but this doesn't apply in the corporate world. Yeah. Uh, once you're in a corporate setting and if you're not uh, the personality type, if you're not someone's friend, if you're not, uh, you know, the fun loving company guy, yeah, they're not going to promote you. They're not going to move you up. If you're the hard worker, if you can figure things out and do things on your own, they're not going to promote you. They're going to keep you in that one spot as long as possible. Right. That's what, uh, that's what uh, my friend was saying. He was like, because I, I ran the numbers uh, and the basically the amount of money that I facilitated personally is just slightly lower than uh, five of the other people on my team all combined. Uh-huh. So it's like it doesn't behoove them any to move me. Like it, and it's like, I don't want to think all the time that there's some kind of grand conspiracy or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't, of course they don't have a a next step or a next plan because why would they? I do, they can keep their budget really low or really budget favorable rather because uh, they don't have to hire extra people because I'm doing the work Of of five people, five people on this team. Yeah. Right. So it's like, why would they exactly do any of that stuff? Exactly. And do you love the job you're doing now? Nope. Then don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's man, I don't, it, this is kind of, I alluded to this earlier. It's like, I kind of want to practice being more decisive, but I'm not really sure how to do that. Yeah, that's, that's a hard thing. Uh, being decisive is very hard. Yeah, it's, but it seems like some people are just naturally better at it, and I'm not sure what exactly that that is. But so anyway, so I'm I'm leaning pretty heavy to take this job, even though it kind of means a uh, like I won't have as much security uh, soon. But you know, I I kind of think that I don't know that this this might be the first step in kind of practicing that that decisiveness and also learning how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Uh-huh. You know, like kind of exactly what you said. Even if everything went completely wrong, like worst case scenario, I end up without a job. It's like I can still float by until I get another job. You know what I mean? There's I'm 
getting hit up on LinkedIn constantly for jobs. And also if worse came to worst, I could really go back to bartending. Like it's not like I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. Right. So realistically, you know, there's a whole lot of reasons out there that like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so serious or maybe I should look at opportunities as they come or, you know, maybe I should uh, kind of be just a little bit more uh, in the moment, open minded. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I was going to say risky, but that's not the right word. But yeah, open or I should just have a little bit more faith or maybe I should have more confidence or something, something like that. But that's that's kind of this this thing that this process has really drawn out of me that it's like, why was my default immediately to just kind of like, oh, I don't want to do anything or I, I won't change anything? Because that's exactly antithetical to all the other parts of myself that want to, but when the chips came down on something as serious as my career, or my job, you know, I kind of buckled. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, normally I am always default aggressive and like default action. But in this case, that didn't end up being so. So I think this is a good opportunity to start that because I started talking about it and it just kind of makes more sense for me to go with the new job. And so I kind of want to start you know, tactically practicing decisiveness, uh, because I think if you are an entrepreneur, you have to be really good at that. You have to be able to make early stage decisions that might have huge ramifications, but like, what are you going to do? Not make them. And that's when that suffering, uh, thing you brought up is worth it. Right. Because it's on your terms for a decision that you made for something that you're trying to execute. You're not suffering for someone else to make a gajillion dollars. Yes, I couldn't have uh, said it better myself because I couldn't even think of it that way. But yeah, essentially, that's I think I think you're right. I think maybe that's the key difference. And that's, uh, you know, like what you what you said earlier, it's not always easy for you to be chasing this dream. But because it's like your choice, your selection, your dream, like your stuff, it's easier for you to kind of go through these hard moments Uh to continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I need more autonomy. That's what it is. I I need to give myself more uh, agency to make these selections. Don't, don't get complacent. Don't get complacent. Also, that's a pretty crazy gift package. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? To be that (laughs) specific and on the nose with you. Yeah, it's it's this book called Atomic Habits, which is all about um, autonomy. How something you need more of? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but but close, I guess. It's all about how uh, you know these little you can set up these little micro habits that have large impacts. Like, do you remember that speech? Um, it went viral. I think maybe in 2015, 2016. Um, it was the UT. Austin commencement speech. I don't. Uh, with uh, with that naval uh, Navy SEAL commander. I don't remember that one. Uh, well, he says something that like now is wildly popular. But he said something in that speech, which was uh, like his first advice was uh, every morning wake up, make your bed, and because that will just like kind of get you started, get your day started, like you accomplish your first task of the day. So you can check it off and then it's like so much easier to accomplish all your other tasks for Uh the day because you've already put yourself in the mind frame. And then he says, and then even if you don't, and even if you have a shitty day, at least you come home to a made bed. So it's like, it's kind of like the book is kind of about that. Like all these things that, you know, not specific, like to making your bed, but like how, how you can set up these small daily habits in your life that end up having huge, uh, results. Uh-huh. Or like more w- wide sweeping results in your life. So it's like that book came out and I put it on my Amazon list and then it's in the box. Like it's, in, it's it was in the box. And then, uh, yeah, it was like a notebook and a pen. And those are two things that I, uh, adore, adore, um, uh, some specialized coffee, which, you know, like coffee and MCT, which it, remember, remember when I was, uh, drinking the bulletproof coffee I all do, the time. I do. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of related to that. And then they even had maple bourbon caramels that were and I said caramels. Is it caramel or car- I don't know. Anyways, I think it's caramel. Uh, OK. Anyways, uh, but uh, uh, they were sugar free. 
Oh. So so they even knew like it's like either that's a huge coincidence or they actually somehow did a bunch of research on me somehow. Well, that's something to think about. I mean, those are two things. It's just they did research to uh I guess get to know you, mm-hmm. uh, discover your interest and provide you a gift that's very thoughtful. Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing I think that's a good thing. Would you say it's a positive uh, and a gift from someone? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, oh, the other thing is these people have the same taste as you. Yeah. So they're going to be like-minded. So yeah. the, if it just expand from outside of this little gift basket, what if they have the same mindset where they constantly want to be learning? They constantly want to be growing and evolving. Yeah. Do you want to be surrounded by people like that? Most definitely. So maybe this is a good move. Or are they just, I don't know, I don't think there's anything else. <laughs> you could make it negative if you wanted to, but why would you want to do that? Well, you could make it negative like, oh, man, it's so easy to get people's information off the Internet or whatever. But it's like, A, that's not really specifically about this job. And B, it's like, even if that were the case, it's like I'm willingly putting information out there because I'm on like social media and like that kind of bullshit. And, you know and I mean? why so would they want to use that information in a negative light? Right. So exactly. I'm just going to brainwash this guy to come work at our company. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. So like that was that was a uh, pretty cool. I, I thought that was uh, and, you know, in a weird sort of way, it was kind of validating because uh, I've never been pursued so hard for a job. Uh huh. So that was kind of cool. I I say go for it. Yeah. I've, I kind of came to that conclusion this weekend. It's like, what am I doing? Like trying to bang my head against the wall for something that I'm not really happy doing all because I think that I should, or because it's safe or because like, Oh, who knows? What if they promote me to yada yada position? It's like, okay, well they also might not. And also, even if I do get that position, it's kind of like, um, uh, what is that saying? The, the devil doesn't come dressed as a man in a cape and pointed horns. He comes dressed as everything you've ever wanted. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, what if I even get that position, but then I'm still doing it with, you know, people who I kind of think are underperformers or people who don't, uh, people who don't kind of do things with the same intention and the same kind of speed that I do. People who aren't constantly trying to stretch and learn and grow and become better and whatever. It's like, why would I want to do that exactly? Yeah. I'm going through the same thing with, you know, losing people on my team and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's just yeah. uh, everyone wants to help. But at the same time, if I have to hold your hand to show you how to help me, it's not really helping me. Right. It's just satisfying your need to be involved in something. No, precisely. And it's, all that energy is not helping me. And it's it's holding you back. You got to let that go and realize you need to step forward with people that can support you and your growth forward, not keep you where you are. Mm, and dragging yeah. people with you it's you're taking a step forward and other people are uh, walking at your same pace not you're not dragging people behind you mm, yes this is uh and this brings us back full circle to the last jedi because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh what, what does he say he's like uh forget the past burn it kill it if you have to or whatever whatever he says but it's like yeah yoda yeah, you're talking I've, about yoda no uh adam driver oh Yoda was in the movie for all of two seconds, and it was a hologram like Tupac at Coachella. No, it's his uh, ghost spirit. But it was, he burned down the old Jedi books. He did? Yeah, he'd, he'd like sent that lightning bolt when he was talking to Luke Skywalker. Uh, you know, maybe I don't remember this movie as well as I thought I did. <laughs> I've, only, is, I've only seen uh, it twice. I, I should give it another watch before the new one comes out. I don't know. I that whole plot line when they were on that casino planet just drove me fucking up the wall. Same here. Like, like I was like, this is so needless. I don't. It, it was just like, are you trying to pad the runtime or what is this for? And it's because they needed something to cut against to get it, to break away from the Luke and uh, what's her face story. Uh huh. So they needed something to cut against. So they just like made something to pad the runtime on that story. Because otherwise, if they went directly to the end, you would have a mismatch on timeline. So anyways, but but the point still remains that it's like, yeah, you take the good parts or you take the parts that you've learned. But then, uh, you know, apply those. Anything that doesn't serve you, get rid of it. Uh-huh. So I need to 
get rid of those. I need to get rid of my, like literally like my current situation, but then also, you know, get rid of this uh, kind of desire for, or rather this preference towards like safety and security, because that's ultimately what you get out of academia and school. And mm-hmm. that's all, that's all my parents have done r- really. And that's all my sister has done. So it's really all my family knows is that world. Right. And I'm the first one who's from on the outside of it. And I think that's, what's causing me all these like latent sort of problems is that I value safety and security more than I do like, actually pushing myself in the direction that I want to go uh-huh. and that that can become a real toxic relationship really quick. And yeah, that's going to be tough. You can't, you can't, you gotta, you gotta also reset your habits here uh, without the need or desire to uh, get family approval. Cause that never is a good thing. Yeah. It never helps. But also if you're uh, like freaking out about it, if you decide to freak out about it, <laughs> on a whim just p- put a put a deadline on it put a time frame on it yeah be like for two years i'm going to not worry about security mm, that's actually really smart or for a year and a half i'm not going to worry about you know the things i usually worry about because in yeah. two years i'm, I'm still going to be valuable as an employee for people i'm still young enough to start a a career with a retirement plan yeah you know all that fun stuff no, that's actually so smart. Yeah, I should I should find like a time frame that works for me and just be like, yeah, for these 18 you know, months, year, whatever it two is, years, yeah. 18 months, et cetera, I should just focus on trying to get myself to the place that I want to be. And at that point, I'll evaluate my position and like see what I what my next move is. But for right now, I should have just like unitary focus on that. Uh-huh. Such sage wisdom. I've been dishing out a lot of uh, wisdom this week involving timelines. Yeah. <laughs> it's been my go-to uh, piece of advice. You know what? I, I think, uh, is that because you're in, like uh, doing that for yourself or is that just apropos of nothing? I think it's something I've tried to do for myself and it hasn't worked out. <laughs> so now I'm seeing if it works out for other people. Got it. Yeah. You're, you're testing it. <laughs> you're testing others. But I should give myself some deadlines and some time frames. Yeah. And I mean, it, it'll uh, probably work. Maybe. I don't know. It will. I think it will. I, I think so, too. Much more just because ultimately, or at least, and this is just for my perspective, but um, for me, I think what it does is that it gives me the the kind of like... Uh, consolation even if shit doesn't work out you know what i mean it's like well i i said like i was just going to do it for 18 months or two years so even if things don't immediately go the way i want it's like i know that i'm okay because on the other end of this 18 months two years i've already reassured myself that i'm fine right so it's like it kind of takes that that real that pressure off yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. no it's it's a great psychological move psychological moves yeah (laughs) so that's kind of the big thing that's going on in my life i'm uh i'm uh you know gonna choose choose to be a little bit more decisive and i'm also going to choose to value something a little bit different maybe not safety and security this time around uh i'll set myself to a timeline and hey uh that timeline is the final thing in in like goal setting and ever since i kind of got into this job i set my goals to be inside that job, uh-huh. not in a real general sort of sense. So I think I need to go back and reset some goals for myself personally. And then that with a timeline that becomes smart, measurable, attainable, uh, realistic and time. Smart. Yeah. Always call back to episode. And right here is where we go back and post and fill in whatever episode number that was. You no, know what we should so, do uh, next week is uh, revisit our smart goals. Or not revisit, but maybe come up with new ones? Yeah, I think that'd be good. I think, yeah. Or update them? I, yeah, it's it's just like the business plan thing. You know, I, you probably have to be constantly revisiting that. Exactly. I think that's uh, true. You should be constantly revisiting it. Yeah. Because every decision made can lead to uh, assume 
next step or something completely off the wall that you're not prepared for. And you have to be able to adapt to all those different situations popping up. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. I I think that that's a good idea. I think we should definitely, um, well, in the process of crafting some smart goals, we may end up revisiting some, or we may realize how perhaps different things are now or how much we've achieved already. Yeah, that's also true. Maybe, maybe part of the, part of the constant look for me forward, like that constant anxious look forward doesn't help me appreciate what's occurred already. Mm -hmm. Mm, We're going to get, we're going to get deep on this next episode. We're going to (laughs) get super deep. It's going to be exciting. Sweet. All right, cool. And, and I'm just glad we have a, (laughs) we have an idea right from the start. Um, Cool. Yeah. Let's revisit smart goals and uh, let's revisit some, uh, some video content and special episodes. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.